There will be a coffee time fellowship following the service, but there will not be a full meal, but still we can have that fellowship uh, around coffee and some goodies, just to let you know that. And also remember, if you haven't yet taken a baby bottle for the uh, Northwoods Pregnancy Center offerings, uh, if you could do that today, we will be receiving them back by the last Sunday of July. I think it's the 29th, that Sunday, we'll receive them and give the funds to that place that is uh, doing such a great work in our community. Just a little touch point on our building fund continues to come along. 35000 for uh, things in the church house building and then also a sign to proclaim Jesus and our services and such. I don't know if Anthony maybe has a picture of that too. We can show it's a Photoshop type thing that was done for that and uh, started at 35000 We're down now to just needing $5,166.50. Fifteen cents. <laughs> so it's coming, going soon. And again, it's an opportunity to sow seeds of of love. And uh, so Luke sixteen ten and eleven from the Christian Standard Bible says this: Whoever is faithful in very little is also faithful in much. And whoever is unrighteous in very little is also unrighteous. In other words, does what is right in much. So if you have not been faithful with worldly wealth, who will trust you with what is genuine? And we want to be faithful to do what he tells us to do. That's what it comes down to. Lord, what would you have me to do? And... Um, just to note, our offering last Sunday for the Durstein ministry was $1,300. They were very blessed with that, very blessed. It was so good to see that, that fire, renewed fire uh, in Gerald, uh, reviving physically, but also, as he shared, spiritually as well. And. Um, as far as giving of our tithes and offerings, we have boxes in the back where you can put, put those. And let's just have a prayer over them now, all of our giving. Lord, we give it as unto you. And Lord, we do want to be faithful in our giving, faithful to you, faithful with the worldly wealth that we have. And uh, Lord, we, we want to do what you would have us to do in our giving and we know that then we are truly blessed we will be so blessed and so we do we give it with give with cheerful hearts in all of our giving in jesus name amen just to, I want to make note too that ron mandrell father of scott uh mandrell his wife carla uh, and also brother of Marilyn Glidden and her husband, of course, is Art, transitioned to heaven a week ago today. And so we do express our sympathies to Ron's family and loved ones, the whole family.
today. And then we also know that some were really hit pretty hard with storms this last week from our congregation. I don't believe there were any injuries or deaths. Well, I know there weren't deaths, but I'm not sure about injuries. I haven't heard of any. But we just thank the Lord for that. But uh, we thank you, Lord, for helping to get things back in order with trees down and those kinds of things. And thank you for your protection, Lord, through storms. And Lord, we thank you for protection. We ask for protection from damaging winds or hail or any of that kind of thing, Lord. We receive the rain, but we would just thank you, Lord, for our deliverance from storms, protection. There will not be services here on Wednesday, which is July 4. Uh, no activities, normal activities here in that day. And then um, just a reminder again, we have the new TCC website, tenstrikechurch.com. That has lots of good stuff on it. And uh, praise God for that. We're going to have some, Kent is going to be sharing more here in a bit. And he'll be sharing more with us about Revive Minnesota slash Headwaters as well. Now I'd like you to stand with me again. What we're going to do, I found that they're called 31 Proclamations of Prayer that was written by Derek Prince some time ago. And um, what we're going to do, we're going to pray these prayer proclamations out loud together. And we'll do the first 12 of them today, and then next Sunday we'll do the rest of them. But this is like prayer proclamation. And what we'll do, we'll do those first 12, and we'll skip over the scriptural references that are in parentheses. You can look at those, but we won't read those together. So, may all of America fear the Lord. May all the inhabitants of the United States stand in awe of him. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord and the people whom he has chosen as his own inheritance. We praise and thank you that our president is a man of public faith and commitment to Jesus Christ. We pray that he will continue to seek your wisdom and counsel in all his actions on behalf of this country and in his personal and private life. Lord, act in your own displeasure toward those who would strike terror to the earth. Root out and bring terrorists to justice. Please show mercy, expose and thwart terrorist schemes. Grant wisdom, discernment, and protection to all in authority working to prevent terrorist attacks. We pray that you would give your wisdom to those who would preside in our courts of justice. Let all judges and those who work in our court system seek to preserve justice in a fair and impartial way according to your statutes. Grant wisdom and courage to all those who serve in our Congress and all elected officials across this country. 
Let them not be distracted from governing by the lure of money, power, or fame. Encourage them to always stand for what is right and to faithfully serve those who have put their trust in them. Let those who serve our country in the military not rely solely upon the strength of their weapons and intelligence, but first turn to you, Lord, the source of all wisdom and strength. Raise up men and women of faith among all ranks of the military and give them opportunity to witness to their fellow soldiers. We agree with you, Jesus, that the church will be one as you are one with the Father. Heal any divisions that exist between pastors and their congregations and between denominations. Let our nation see the body of Christ united in love for one another and toward those whom you have come to save. Lord, return the state of marriage to a place of honor in our country. We praise you for sturdy marriages that model your commitment to the church. Let hope and healing now come to those marriages that are strained and breaking. Father, let our earthly fathers look to you as the ultimate spiritual head of the family and serve their families by carrying the responsibility for the physical, emotional, and spiritual well-being of their wives and children. Bring absentee fathers to a faith and radical life change. Let your character be clearly seen in the lives of all fathers. We ask you, Lord, to refresh mothers in the honor of fulfilling the glory of motherhood. Strengthen them with grace, wisdom, and love in serving their husbands and children. May mothers reflect your love, nurturing nature. Thank you that you are father to the fatherless and husband to the widow. Restore our broken families with your wholeness and let them turn to you for all spiritual, emotional, and physical needs. We pray that our children will come to know you as Lord and Savior early in their lifetime, and we pray that they would participate in, in establishing your kingdom here on earth. And we'll finish that next week. Kent, we'll turn it over to you. Can you say amen to that? That's, that's good. That's good. Could almost just leave it right there for the day. Oh, I forgot to give you my scriptures, didn't I? Would you run those back to Anthony and then I'll stall for two minutes while he gets those? Um, I want to touch base just a little bit about Revive Minnesota. And for those of you who might not know what Revive is about, it's a group that started down in Dallas, Texas, and they brought the local churches together and the leaders and the lay people and just got everybody involved and said, you know what, it's time to get out into the streets, into the highways and byways and start sharing the love of Christ. Not carrying a, a club in our hands, not carrying the gospel as a weapon of intimidation, but bringing the love of Jesus Christ out to the people wherever they are. 
and they have seen incredible results. So Revive has spread across the United States into all the other states, including Minnesota, and they're here in Minnesota right now preparing. We have a team out of Minneapolis that has come and gathered with local pastors, including our church. I think we have nine churches involved. Six Is it 16 total? Where's Bob at? Different ministries. Isn't it 16 total ministries that are involved right now? And what this is going to be is coming to... Um, a tent that is up in Mount Zion Church. We're going to be meeting beginning on July 12th on a Thursday night at 6.30 p.m. And the founder of Revive is going to be there that night. He's from Dallas. He happens to be vacationing up here. And he's going to speak that night. And what it's going to be is the next morning you come back to the tent. We have a little bit of training. And we take it to the streets. And we go out and we love on people and we pray for people and we minister to people. We come back at noon. We have a lunch at a local church that is hosting the lunches. We give testimony of what God did that morning and then we move back out in the afternoon and do it again. And then come back in the evening for a meal at the tent at Mount Zion and a time of worship and a message that's going to be a salvation message, and we're going to invite people in. And this goes on for one week. It goes through the next Wednesday night. And it, I am just believe in God for great things. It's not just an event. You know, we have events come to town, and that usually comes in and blows for a while and then blows over and it's gone. But what Revive wants to do is to change our hearts to look at this as a lifestyle. That when we go into the restaurant, when we go into a gas station, when we go into the clinic, when we go wherever, that we're just witnessing and sharing our faith and loving on people and really getting out of our comfort zone. But the bottom line is love that's going to motivate all this. The prior three weeks before the event, Adam, Sharon orchestrated and helped with a great prayer walk across Bemidji for seven days. He put together a team, and they were out walking and praying. Friday night here at Ten Strike, we hosted the first night of prayer. And so for two weeks, there's going to be prayer at different churches. Tonight, it's going to be in Solway. What's the name of the church, Bob? New Life. Real Life. Good. It's one of them lives, right? Real Life Church in Solway. Wilton, excuse me, in Wilton. I should have had you come up here, Tim. I'm in the right area, but not the right town. So in Wilton, excuse me. So they're gonna be, we're going to be meeting there at 6.30. It goes from 6.30, a little bit of worship, and then prayer till 8. And that's going to happen at different churches now until this event starts and on July 12th. So another almost two weeks of prayer. So this is not just something, let's throw something together. There's been a lot of planning and a lot of organization that has gone into this. And so we're excited about that. Um, I'm glad that we live in a country where, you know, the 4th of July it reminds me of so many different things. But one thing that I like is amusement parks. Anybody like Valley Fair? Anybody ever go to Valley Fair? I found myself sitting alongside my wife 200 feet in the air in a swing that was going around and around and around. And I was just loving it. I'm looking around going, whoo, 
praise God, there's downtown, there's this. And I looked at my wife, and her eyes are tight. And I know she's just saying, Lord Jesus, please bring me down. The rapture is not. So we went on another ride, and that one went pretty good. <laughs> I'm in trouble. I'm going to get down just a little bit. <laughs> So this was a ride called the Renegade. It's a roller coaster. This was all Anthony's idea. He made me do it, honey. I swear, it's not mine at all. So we went on a roller coaster with, called the Renegade, and this thing was crazy. All right? Now, if you look up, I'm the guy in the black shirt smiling. That's my seven-year-old granddaughter next to me, and she's smiling. Our grandson is right behind. He, you can see his white teeth coming through. And then there was a lady who had passed away in the car right in front of me. <laughs> and she didn't realize they take pictures of every car that comes by at 158 miles an hour. And you can tell she was praying again and meditating and just having a really good time. So we paid money to do this. They got money out of us. I would have paid the whole thing. We brought 14 of our family members. We bought them all stuff, food and brought their tickets. And, and I would have paid that whole bill just to see that picture right there. That was worth all of it. Thank you, Anthony. I'll send Chantel up to talk to you in a little while. I am so dead. That's all right. Fortunately, she loves me, right, honey? <laughs> oh. Paybacks are going to be really bad. So, oh well. Nah, I did. She she adores me. All right, we do. So, there you go. <laughs> Thanks, Darlene. You know, as I was. Um, thinking about the freedoms that we have, those lights are just too bright for me. Um, obviously, we talked about the freedom from sin. That's number one, right? If you're here this morning and you have not experienced that freedom, we have a Savior that loves you, and he wants you to experience that today before you leave. I'm not talking about just salvation either. Let me get deeper into that. I'm so glad that we have veterans. Thank you for serving. That we have, you know, I, I look at this young man. What was your first name again? Kip. I have socks that are older than this guy. Seriously. These are our sons. How old were you, Kip, when you enlisted? 18 years old. I was a mama's boy at 18. I couldn't have gotten away from my mother, and I think of the courage that you have and men like you and women that will go, and some of them don't come home, and some of them come home very, very broken. And that freedom is amazing to me. I didn't realize it until I became a chaplain in Bemidji, and I worked with the elderly, and I got to be part of that World War II crowd in the early 90s. There was still many of, many of them alive. There's very few left. 
But I got to sit and listen to the stories. And as a 32-year-old pastor, all of a sudden, I begin to realize the price that was paid. I talked to a gentleman that had fought in the Korean War. He said, Pastor Kent, I was 19 years old. I had never been out of Minnesota. I jumped on a plane and landed in Korea. And they gave me a gun and put me on the field. And I just closed my eyes and I pictured what he must have felt, what he must have went through. That freedom to me is valuable today. And as God's children, I want to talk about a freedom that just kept coming back to my heart all week. And that's freedom from myself. Freedom from me. Anthony, if you'd just bring... We're going to go quickly here. It's already 1130, so I'm not going to be long. But I do want to make this point this morning because I see too many Christians that are struggling because we have not learned how to not control others. We have mastered manipulation. We want our way in life. Come on. Don't sit there like you don't have those moments because I'll make you share a testimony about one. No. But we do, don't we? I want my way. I want it my way. I want to be the boss. I want to be in control. But you see, that is not of God whatsoever. And so for me to have freedom from myself, something has to happen and guess what that is? Jesus had to what? Die to give us the freedom. Young men and women had to die to give us freedom in our country. Well, in order for me to have freedom from myself, I have to do what? Die to self. It is not an automatic thing. When you get saved, you're not dead to self. Christ is alive in you, but now there's a battle between an old man and a new man. Bring that first scripture up, would you, Anthony, please? From 2 Corinthians, Pastor Steve made mention of this. It says, but whenever someone turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. For the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is what? Freedom. So if we're still bound by self and we still control our wife or we control our husband or we dominate over our children and we make people at work feel intimidated, then something's wrong. Amen? If I get to meddling this morning, that's okay. All right? Because it will bring what? Freedom. So all of us who have had the veil removed can see and reflect the glory of the Lord. And the Lord who is the Spirit makes us more and more like Him as we are changed into His glorious image. Do you think God forces us to change? Anybody? Does God force you? He doesn't. He gives us opportunity to change but he will never force you to do anything. He will present that opportunity before you, just like he presented my wife with the opportunity to forgive me today. <laughs> See, I'm really an 
I'm a, I'm a minister of the Lord for you today, hon. I thought this out. No, that just came to me. Thank you, Lord. He just rescued me right in the middle of that. But how can we change if we are not presented with an opportunity to stand at a crossroad of decision? How can we change? Well, that's just the way I am. It's the way we do things. That's the way I've been. I, you know, I guess I'm a Swede or I'm a Norwegian or um, whatever I might be. But it, 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 it's part of that. We want to blame mom and dad. It's, it's probably somebody in the church. It's probably Pastor Steve's fault that I am the way I am. Don't we live in that kind of society, though? What we need to do is take ownership of our own decisions this morning. And then we can be free from self. And I'm going to tell you, young people, this is not automatic. This takes time, and us old people fail, and we fail, and we fail. But sometimes we succeed, and sometimes we do it right. And sometimes then we keep moving, and then we fall down. But we get back up again, and we learn and the worst thing we can do is make excuses and say, that's just the way I am. The next scripture says, he will keep you in perfect peace, all who trust in you and whose thoughts are fixed on you, Lord. When self dies, when we get rid of our own God of self, we start experiencing peace. Chantel and I are privileged to go and minister to so many people in so many different churches, denominations around the country. And you know what? There's not a lot of peace in people's lives. I'm not talking about in the world. I'm talking about even in the church. But there's a promise here that says if we keep our eyes and our thoughts and our heart fixed, he will not only keep you in peace, but perfect peace. The next scripture is from Ephesians, and it talks about that old man. It says, throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of life, which is corrupted by lust, deception. Instead, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. Put on your new nature, that new man, created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. So stop telling lies. Let us tell our neighbors the truth, for we are all parts of the same body. And don't sin by letting anger control you. Don't let the sun go down while you're still angry. I had an acquaintance. I won't call him a friend. I think he was more of just an acquaintance that I knew in Bemidji years ago. This man had such a horrible temper. And he would come into my office when I was at work and he'd say, Oh, Pastor Kent, I lost my temper last night. I said, No, you didn't. You know right where your temper is. You didn't lose it. I said, I want you to lose it. I would love you to lose your temper. I said, but you guard your temper like it's gold, like it's an idol to you, and you make excuses for it. And believe it or not, he still wanted to talk more. He had been asked to leave most of the churches in town and had isolated himself and everybody was wrong but me and thee. That was his motto. He thought everything that proceeded out of his mouth because he was a Christian must be led by the Spirit, right? No. 
The poor guy was full of anger. He was full of self. And he had fed that anger. Instead of crucifying it, he had fed it and fed it, and it grew and grew until it became so dominant that his family didn't even like him. That can happen in our families, guys. If you don't love your wife as Christ loved the church, and if you don't put your children in your heart in that way to love them and cherish them, they will resent us. But if we will die, and it doesn't matter how old we are, we can start this process at any point. Don't let the sun go down while you're still angry, for anger gives a foothold to the devil. If you are a thief, quit stealing. Instead, use your hands for good hard work and then give generously to others in need. Don't use foul or abusive language. Let everything you say be good and helpful so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. And do not bring sorrow to God's Holy Spirit by the way you live. Remember, he has identified you as his own, guaranteeing that you will be saved on the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, and slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. Can you do this on your own? I can't. Dan is shaking his head going, uh-uh, not me. I can't do that. I am not capable of being that man on my own. And so what that means is that I have to cry out in humility and say, Lord, I've messed it up. Now you got to show me and you got to help me and you have to teach me. How many of you would say at one time in your life or another you've had a habit that's been bad? You know, most of us have, right? I would guess that most of us still have some. A habit doesn't necessarily have to be a bad habit. It can be a good habit. When my wife and I, and I'm saying this to give God all the glory, when we were dating, we had both come out of very abusive relationships, and we said to each other, we're never raising our voice to each other. I'm sure she was tempted this morning for the first time. You know the neat thing about her when she's scared like that? She can't make a sound. She is quiet as a mouse. I've never, never seen anybody so quiet as she is when she's like that. Where was I going? Oh, oh, okay. We made an, agree <laughs> we, we made an agreement not to raise our voice. And it wasn't that we didn't have a lot of opportunities. But after the first year, we kind of looked at each other and said, we, we haven't had a fight. We, we disagreed about some things. But she always came around eventually. <laughs> I'm going to come over here, Pastor Steve. <laughs> but we would disagree, but we'd, we just wouldn't fight about it. And one year became two, and two became five, and five became ten, and now it's 14, and we still haven't. I, it's a habit. I have a habit of speaking words into my wife's heart that lift her up, believe it or not, after this display. <laughs> and she speaks to the king that's in me. Because there's a fool in me as well. And if she wants to speak to the fool, most of the time that fool will talk back. Right? 
But believe it or not, there's a fool in her too. But there's also a queen in her. And when I speak to the queen in her, the queen rises up. When I speak to the prince in my son, the prince rises up. When I speak to the princess in my daughter, the princess rises up. And that's true, folks. Our words will free us or they will bind us. Dads, be careful how you talk to your children. Husbands, be careful how you talk to your wife. Everything that goes through your brain doesn't have to fly out your mouth. Amen? Come on. doesn't have to come out your mouth. In fact, Paul said, take every thought, what? Captive unto Christ. If we'd run it by the Father first, the Father would say, uh-uh. You better close your trap, boy. Uh-uh, don't you say that to her. Right? Don't you say that to your mama. Kids, would you talk better to your folks if you had to run it by Jesus first? Huh? Right? We're free from myself. That's the greatest freedom I've ever experienced, Pastor Steve. It's when I can get rid of me and get rid of myself and just love people. Just love people in spite of their flaws. Because if I don't get rid of my junk, guess what's the first thing I usually see in somebody else? I see their junk. And I want to be critical of them, and I want to poke at them. I'm just going to go through a couple more quick, and then we'll close. Paul said, I know that nothing good lives in me, that is, in my sinful nature. I want to do what is right, but I can't. In Philippians, you want to be free from worry today? Some of you worry about, the, I had a friend that I worked with for about 20 years, and I ministered to him all the time, but he had some mental illness issues, and he worried about everything. And finally, one day, I looked at him, and I said, Ron, if you didn't have anything to worry about, you'd worry about that, wouldn't you? He goes, yes, I would. He was in bondage to worry and fear. Paul said, don't worry about anything. Do you know what the opposite of worry is? Prayer. There's up and down, in and out. The opposite of worrying is praying. Worrying is saying, I got this. I got this. I can, I can worry this through. I'm going to sit down. I'm going to stress about it. And, and, and if my kids come in and I, when I'm worrying about this, and I'm going to go, what are you doing in my office? You know, I'm going to bark at him. I'm going to be short with him. And, and then my wife's going to come in and, and she might, honey, what do, you, what do you want? You see, there's fruit that worry. People say, well, worrying doesn't change anything. Oh, yeah, it does. It changes me a lot. Worry causes me to have gray hair, high blood pressure, to be angry. Worry causes a lot of things in my life. But if I want to be free from worry, instead, what? Pray about things once in a great while if you think it's really necessary. Uh-uh. Pray about what? Everything. Everything. Tell God what you need. Thank Him for all He has done. Then you will experience God's what? His peace. Remember we read that scripture in Isaiah? 
God gives perfect peace to who? Whose mind is stayed on him. But we have to keep it there. We can't go to God with our baggage and lay it down and pray and say, Oh, Lord, take this from me. And then when we get up and we grab our bags and go on our way. We do that when we come to church sometimes. We come to church with baggage and we come in and say, Lord, I'm going to give this up to you. And then before we leave, we say, Nah, I'm familiar with this baggage, so I'm going to take it with me. It's safe. And we go home the same as we came. But he said, then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your heart and mind as you live in Christ. If we want to be free from marital strife, let's look at what Peter said. We talked about a little bit. In the same way, you husbands must give honor to your wives. Treat your wife with understanding as you live together. She may be weaker than you are, but she is your equal partner in God's gift of new life. Treat her as you should so your prayers will not be hindered. That's a great scripture. If I'm mean to Chantel and I go to pray, God's going to say, oh no, you go apologize for putting that picture up on the screen. And then I will listen to you. But I better, I better... You know, the worst part of doing something stupid like I did was now I have to watch my back because now she's going to get me. You know that, don't you, Scott? She's going to get me eventually. So uh, I'm going to have to be probably somewhere when I least expect it. Yeah, she says that's it. Finally, all of you should be of one mind, sympathize with each other, love each other as brothers and sisters. Be tender-hearted and keep a humble attitude. Don't repay evil for evil. Don't retaliate with insults when people insult you. Instead, pay them back with what? A blessing. That's what God has called you to do. And he will grant you his blessing. For the scripture says, if you want to enjoy life and see many happy days, keep your tongue from speaking evil and your lips from telling lies. Turn away from evil and do good. Search for peace. It's not always there, but search for it. Amen? And work to maintain it. The eyes of the Lord watch over those who do right, and his ears are open to the prayers. But the Lord turns his face against those who do evil. Just a couple more quick ones. Galatians chapter 5. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have nailed the passions and desires of the sinful nature, nature to his cross and crucified them there. That's what we're talking about. Dying to what? Self. I need to die. And the more I die, the freer I am. It, it's, it sounds funny, doesn't it? But the more I die, the more I come alive. I'm alive in Christ. If you have two dogs and you feed one and starve the other, which one's going to do good? The one you feed. You have two natures, the old nature and the new nature. Which one are you going to feed? Because the one you feed is going is to thrive. Feed the new man. 
Since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our life. There's the key, isn't it? Several times in this past week, I have felt an irritation come up towards my wife. Everybody does, right? I bet you've been irritated at me. Well, we don't have to go there again, do we? <laughs> but several times it has come up, and I quickly went, Lord, is this even something I need to talk about? And it seemed like just about every time this week he said, nah, I got this. Well, thank you. And he did. And my, you know what? I don't even care what happened with her because it broke me instantly. The second I turn to the Holy Spirit and pray that simple little prayer, my attitude goes from cocky and arrogant, and it just goes pop and breaks. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Verse 26, let us not become conceited or provoke one another or be jealous. Or be jealous. I wanted to get to this one because, ladies, you struggle with this more than the men do. Sorry. You struggle with jealousy, mostly of each other. Kill it today. Pray for each other. Lift each other up. Man, we've got our own struggles. I, could, I don't have time to even get into ours. You're, you're almost close to perfect. But, but jealousy is an area that really hinders a lot of Christian women. And if that just made you mad, you're not dead right there. Sorry. Don't shoot the messenger. But if we kill those things... Guys, if you're feeding pornography into your heart, into your eyes, and into your life, that'll kill your marriage. It'll kill your soul. So we have to kill that. We have to kill that part of our heart that says, I want that. These are real things we have to deal with every day, right? Every day. And when we find freedom from self, then we can truly say, freedom, you have given us freedom. Sing it. You have given us freedom. My chains are gone. Let's stand and just sing that as we close. Freedom, you have given us freedom. You have given us freedom. Hallelujah. One more time. Oh, freedom. You have given us freedom. You have given us freedom. Our chains. Our chains are gone. Freedom. You have given us freedom. You have given us freedom. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you this morning for the freedom that you've given us through Christ. Holy Spirit, we just pray you continue. 
Continue to do your work in our hearts. Continue to change us. Transform us into your likeness. I pray we would not be conformed to this world, but that we would reflect your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Pastor Steve, do you want to say something? Oh, that was so good, Kent. And we just receive it in our hearts. And also, this it'll be you can access these teachings online. They're usually there Mon Monday, Tuesday for sure. Um, that scripture in Second Corinthians, there, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. I've seen that put sometimes or rendered where the Spirit is Lord. There is freedom and his lordship in our lives, not me in my flesh. Oh, it was so rich, so good, really, really good. And uh, so we all just receive that here, this altar right here. We're all on the altar here. And just close your eyes and just give it to the Lord. You know, thank God there's forgiveness. It's just there, so immediate. Um, Somebody at the prayer meeting we had here on Friday night was sharing about something and asked forgiveness in the public meeting. And and the person that they asked forgiveness for, well, I've already forgiven you. And you know, and that comes from God. I mean, that's how he is. It's continual forgiveness from him. I mean, it's there. It's just the thing of us turning. Change of mind, turning, new habit, new habit. Change your life, totally. Change your life. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Change it. Amen. So, praise God. Coffee time, fellowship. Find If there's some more prayer needs, just find somebody. Ask them to pray with you, or find Kent and Chantal, or myself, or Joyce, others, many prayer ministers here, many believers. Actually, part two of your message we're going to have next Sunday. So, God bless you all, and keep you all, in Jesus' name, amen. I'm just trying to be a father, raise a daughter and a son, be a lover to their mother, everything to everyone, up and down.